All right, welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How you doing, Hector? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. You just came from the beach, didn't you? I did come from the beach. Took our dog to the beach. He's uh, he's one year old, and we finally got around to getting him out to the beach and stuff. So we're trying to get him to acclimate to, to the public, and it was a little stressful, but I had fun. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> we're blessed, man. We get to go to the beach all the time. So cool. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We have... Um, Dave McWayne with us from Big D and the Kids Table. How's it going, man? Going great. Yeah, I'm cool. Excited. Among other things, I should say, Big D and the Kids Table and all sorts of other projects too. And um, yeah, so uh, your the re the main reason we um, wanted to get you on the show is uh, uh, the interrupters and you guys and the slackers are coming to Florida soon, right? Yeah. What a bill. Yeah, I know. It's Billing. crazy. Yeah, I mean. It's funny because we hadn't played, we played like a couple one-offs with the Slackers throughout the like 28 years, you know, like festival here, festival there, but no like proper, proper time spent. And then we just did a tour with them last year. And of course we were like instant buddies, buddy bands. Yeah. And so this tour, this little run with the interrupters is super great because we get to revisit that. You know what I mean? You get so close on tour and then everybody has to break up for a while, you know, yep. not see each other for a while. And so... We're bringing, we're having a reunion. Interrupters, Slackers, Big D. Nice. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, have you guys played many gigs with the Interrupters before? We did a tour with them with Less Than Jake and a bunch of here and theirs. Right. You know, I think at the start of their career, uh, we were, we yeah, we saw them pretty often. I think it's pretty nice that, you know, there's a band out there that, that has really broken through that people who don't really listen to Scar know about again, you know, because it's been a yeah. long time, to be honest with you, that that wasn't the case. And having the interrupters there just as like a beacon of, you know, this is still a thing, you know, <laughs> it's cool. Well, Joe, Joe Goodman, the Boston's, um, you know, bass fiddleman, he said it really good. Like they were just popping out and I said something that they're just like officially exploded, if you will, whatever it was, like something, something had occurred. And I was like, hey, you're about the interrupters. And he's like, how great is it? Because, you know, when that happens, of course, uh, but just to say it, a whole bunch of new people get turned on to the style because the style is so underground compared to how much other genres are put on the plates of newly 13, 14, 15 year olds that are like, they don't, you know, they're not getting that food option served to them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes it takes like what they call like a shepherd, like your older brother or sister, somebody who's like, no, 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 no. You can listen to all that, but there's also underground music. Yeah. And so not to keep being long winded, but, you know, we are the union, Kill Lincoln and Catbite. We're already like putting the, the pillars down on the road. And then by having the interrupters skyrocket and hit the big fireworks into the air, everything was in position for the next, quote, you know, wave. I know. Yeah. yeah. Every and I tell you what, like I, I've been, I've been following along. So I was uh, in this, you know, in up to my neck in the scar scene for many, many years. And then I moved to the U.S. and um, I took a bit of a left turn. And I was, I was doing um, I, with my band Killbillies, which isn't scar. Mm. I mean, I play quite a lot of offbeats on the guitar, but I think that's just like yeah. muscle memory. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, recently I've kind of been sort of refocusing in on it and reaching out to mm. some of my old contacts and stuff of which you were one you know we've, we've been yeah. working on some stuff and um and yeah get, in getting back into it i've been listening to a lot of the the new stuff that's coming out and it is it's coming it's coming alive again it's great to see it's really really yeah. great to see i also have to uh 
mention because you know we just we're talking about it in the states but you know death of guitar pop that band in the uk yeah i think they're fantastic like yeah i, I just have to say like you know when you're buying records sometimes and you, you may or may not realize it but you already have a thing way back in your head that you're hoping it sounds like and then if the artist does it you go yeah i like that like yeah yeah that's what i was hoping death of guitar pop songs some of the songs are songs that i've been hoping to hear for like two decades and oh that's awesome and i'm like oh yeah yes and i'm just devouring it no that's that's fantastic and 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 i agree with you and i've listened to them a bit but it sounds like i need to uh, pay a bit more attention that's for sure rickety old train check out rickety rickety old train i think some of the best songs in the world (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) awesome oh that's anyway. killer man uh, um that's yeah, a, that's yeah, the th- that's the thing though like you were talking about how uh uh you know interrupters just kind of you know blew up and 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 you know you were talking about the the younger generation now kind of mm. discovering ska mm. but mm. you know in that same vein i mean the older generation is kind of rediscovering ska i mean yeah. we, you know my, my wife and i man, we we've listened you know boss tones and things like that like for years mm-hmm. and and it was just kind of, I don't know, you know, we went through this phase and we started listening to some grunge and started listening to some rock and this and that and, and just kind of, kind of fell out of it a little bit. And then, you know, yeah. someone like the interrupters all of a sudden is on like mainstream radio, you know, it's not anything special. You're, you know, any special station, you're just turning on the regular radio and in between the regular pop stuff that everybody else is listening to, here come the interrupters and we go, Oh shit, that's amazing! Yeah. I really like that, and it's kind of it's kind of reinvigorated Scott for us. So we've been listening to a lot of that stuff again, you know. Yeah, and, and I and feel I got- like it, it needs to be mentioned real quick that um, that uh, you know, there's obviously gonna be like sort of people that hate on that a little bit because of all the work that's been going on behind the scenes like forever and ever while the interrupters weren't a thing yeah. but you yeah. know it, but oh, by right. the same yeah. token, they are great though. They're, that, that's the thing; they're good. So yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't well, hate it. It's it's all. I'll bring it to here. This is a little weird, but uh, you know, if you ask me, Scott's like a miracle. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like whenever like the worst things happen, like the locusts come and and, and, and like <laughs> the plagues, the world and everything in society, and it's just re- everyone's waking up more down than they usually are. You know, COVID. You know, like the endless problems with the orange millionaire in our life, and in. You know, people realize, right, that they don't have to take a plane to a vacation spot to listen to reggae and ska, come back home, spending a ton of money and go, I needed that. Yeah. You can listen to that music at home. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. They need ska and reggae in their life to to feel good, but they always feel like they have to leave their house and and go to a... Well, it's a far preferable... um, I, I mean... R.I.P. Of course, and uh, no shade on Jimmy Buffett, but it's a far preferable option than listening to Jimmy Buffett yeah, as yeah. well. <laughs> that, but, but that's the thing about ska, though. It, it, you're absolutely right. It is feel good music. Like people, it people really to- is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to your um, newest album, Do Your Art, um, today. at driving around in my car, and you know, it's just bouncing off the yeah. walls. You know, it's like, yeah. you're right, just puts you in such a good mood. And by the way, what an album! You did a great job. Yeah, on that. yeah, great album. <laughs> Thank you so much because I I really love that album. I mean, I think you can kind of tell by we put a lot of care and every little bell and whistle. But if you're a D fan or something like to me, it's like how it goes on crack. It's like almost it's all I want to say, but people will pass it off. It's almost 
like every Big D record in one record, almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there was a lot of freedom that was going on on that record. And I think Big D has our most fun when we, we always give ourselves freedom, of course, because we're not, it, young writers should hear this, because we're not writing to get on K-Rock. Do you know what I mean? If you're yeah. writing, if that's your end game, then it's going to change your arrangements. It's going to change what you're going to say. It's going to, it's, it's consciously or unconsciously. It's going to, but we, you know, we don't, we, that's never been a goal for us, you know? Yeah. And so got to write those fun 45 second song, one minute songs, do a co-song with Melt Banana. I mean, it's, oh, love that record. So thanks for listening. It's a great, great album title too, by the way. I love, love it. The horns just sound electric. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the horns yeah. sound so big and good. The rhythm section is so tight and popping and, and like your vocals on it are just like perfect. That is a great album. It really is. But you know, I'll, I'll hold that with me because you know, it's like, you know, you, in this, the music industry is so crazy that sometimes you need your friend to tell you they like your record. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no you know, you have listeners who listen to it, and that means a lot. But whenever you try to have your friend sit down and listen to it, sometimes that's hard. Like they talk through it, yeah. Or that they do this funny one. I always say, if you know what you should do, and that's it's like like my grandmother had the best one. She goes, you know what you should do. You should write a song everybody likes. <laughs> I'm, what a great I'm, idea. <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah. And I go, what? He goes, got to get your song on the radio. That way everybody can hear it. You know what Barney um, always used to say, people would say to him? He was like, um, uh, he, he had some like relatives that would say to him, um, Oh, that's a great song. Why don't you put it in the charts? <laughs> just, just put it there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, go ahead, tell me. I only do this every day. What? <laughs> it's funny. I just had. Uh, I, I was just on a trip, uh, uh, an art trip to uh, Colombia, and there was a there was some artist friends of mine there, and they, um, we were talking about Killbillies and, and, and the band that, that I'm in with Ben, and um, and so they were like, oh yeah, you know, let me let me hear some of the songs, and it's just just like you said, I would put it on and I set the phone on the coffee table and probably 15 seconds into it, everybody's having a conversation about something else. And I'm like, but did you really want to hear it? Or did you not want to hear it? I don't know. I don't know what the vibe is here. <laughs> that ever has a friend that plays them the song or an album. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but don't say anything until it's over. And, you know, try to find something positive to say after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally it but by the same token i do remember being that guy though back in the day where um I've, i'm not that guy anymore well not as much anyway where i'd i'd be like I'd, I'd sort of somehow trick people into coming into my home studio and then glare at them while they listen to my song you know so listen to it he, now <laughs> he says he's not that guy anymore but literally about 15 seconds before we started recording this podcast with you he goes check out my new ska song and then just sat there and bopped his head and listened to it in silence for the entire song <laughs> but he's not that guy anymore yeah he's he's looking forward to change <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny so um yeah we we've, we've been doing a little bit of collaboration on a thing that um i've been trying to put together called nina's yard party and um what i found with that is firstly how generous all you guys have been with your time and how enthusiastic you've been about it and i think that one of the things that um i love about the scar scene in general is that by and large there's this kind of Ex excitement and desire to collaborate you know it's it seems like a part of it. it's cool is that that punk rock thing where people are just um people up for it they're up for diy things there's not like a as much of a like a snobbishness that goes along you know it's cool yeah yeah 
Well, I noticed two things. One, I noticed as well, I was one of the people and I was very excited to get the bat signal from you. But I noticed too how everybody else that I knew and didn't know were just as excited. And I think that's because of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, there's certain guitar players like, you know, one could say Nate Albert from the Boston's and, you know, people know what I'm talking about. But like you, you know, it was hard to imagine Sonic Boom 6 without you. Do you know what I mean? It was hard to imagine it. Of course, the Boston's and Sonic have done great, but you were one of those guitar players that's like, but it's Ben. You know, <laughs> you know, how does it stop there? You know, how, did, how does it keep going from there? So yeah. I was really excited about that, but I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot of, I think a key thing, sometimes I speak a lot to like younger musicians and everybody always has to remember it's not a competition. There's not like a certain amount of seats in the movie theater or a certain amount of seats on the bus. Like your, your peers are your scene. You know what I mean? Like if you want to take down the music industry, look at it as like Goliath and you need as much friends taking them down as you can. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, there can be jazz snobs and I make a, you know, I can make a joke that um, whatever ska snobs you ever meet, they're just, they just weren't en good enough to be jazz snobs. <laughs> don't, don't let a ska snob, you know, get you. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, no, yeah, I just found it really great. And and also it kind of ties in with the whole thing of being able to work with Layla and Barney again, which is something I was missing in my life. So I'm super happy that we're doing it. We're, yeah, currently in the process of figuring out, making a video. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. So what's yeah. next? What's next for Big D and the kids table outside of touring? Have you have you guys sort of pointed your heads towards new recordings or anything like that? I will get right to that. But I got I got to throw you mentioned Layla and Barney. Yeah, and I, got, I heard Layla come in after me. Do you know what I mean? Come in after I did my verse. Yeah, like all the warm fuzzies. I got all like, like the clamped, like, you yeah. know, because first time i saw you guys play big d was in the netherlands and we just went to a club after we played and, and you know someone nonchalantly ben corrigan like hard screams, they're they're from the uk and we're like okay and then that moment of hearing you guys play and having an extremely original sound and approach um you know years later me being on a track with you barney and layla is it's awesome like, yeah I, that's awesome super proud of it you know oh that means a lot it, it means a lot coming from you and um yeah and i just feel like that that's how that's how doing this whole project has felt to me as well it's, it's felt like a little bit of a coming home and like a little bit of acknowledgement that that you know that i'm taken seriously with all you guys and i i'm making me very happy and i'm putting a ton of work into it too mm -hmm. so in big d world we are we're doing probably one of the most exciting moments. There's a lot of different exciting moments in the, you know, um, when you're starting to write a record or when you finish writing a record, the whole process. And what we just did was we kind of defined what we're going to write. Sometimes we, sometimes we talk about the menu before we start cooking, you know, like you, if you're making a French menu, you don't want someone coming in with a really good lasagna. Cause you're like, ah, it's the wrong it's the wrong, you know, it's not part of the menu, you know sure, what I mean? So yeah. we about the flavoring, if you will, of the record. And we're super excited about it. And we've all kind of started our first songs, our first demos. And so it's that, it's that seedling time, which is really exciting. You know what I mean? And then there's the building and then the recording and letting it out. But so we just started to get our little seedlings together. And Nice. I feel like the seedling time is my favorite time because that's the time when it's pure idea. You know, it's like... 
that that's you know the best job in the company is, is is to be able to be the person with the kind of like you know the the direction the company's going to take or the the idea stuff and you know once you get into the details and into the you know where where you start not being able to see the woods for the trees that's where the work is but at this yeah. point in time this is the fun bit you know it's the cool bit yeah yeah so it's really we got all like the you know when you write down that one lyric or what i do is i always now now that laptops it used to be a notebook of course but now that it's a you know i get my folders together and you know it says right now in my in the center of my computer big d new record 2024 like once i make that folder and then in the folder or all my other way of organizing it you just know it's on yeah you know on and then when i retire that when the record's finally done and i put that folder on a different hard drive that's the passing of the record i know it's a lot of dorky stuff but yeah, it's just exciting. And so then we also are going to do the interrupter shows that you mentioned, Mustard Plug in October in California, and um, Rancid the weekend after next in Canada for two shows. Oh, that oh. sounds like fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, festival that Rancid is on, and then one's a show. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, Wicked. It sounds like you're doing a lot. And um, would you say, kind of getting back to what we were talking about before, would you say that um, this sort of new wave um if you can call it that which i guess it is would you say that that has um s impacted the kind of shows you're playing lately yeah i think so because um we went to the uk um and we played with kill lincoln and Catbite, and so you know they're seeing that their their whole world um obviously some fans are you know like both bands but it was fun for us to to go and see it and be like, wow, this is a wild, this is wild. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, our shows, Slackers know their shows, but when you go into, you know, they, they were the bringers of this new wave and it's, it is, it's awesome. You're like, look, everyone's excited <laughs> and wild. Everyone's wild. You know? So, so I was in Sonic Boom 6 from like 2000 to 2009. And, yep. um, and that was really like, that was the end of the third wave. And, oh. and and I, I watched I watched Scar slowly decline and and I watched um I watched base it, it was basically replaced with emo is what happened like yeah. um yeah I remember that and there was that hilarious period of time where you'd have bands and half their songs were Scar and half of them were emo <laughs> and then then yeah they were doing emo with horns it was tough tough times for those bands you know yeah yeah totally the way I look at it with this new scene in like how how it feels now. Honestly, I don't know if this is presumptuous. Um, I don't mean it to be, but like, I feel like a huge weight is lifted off of me. Like, I, the ska scene means and meant, meant and means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, you know, took me in, you know, like, you know, like we could all define, you know, and I really wanted to make sure during those, the dry time, and the dry time was like 2000 to just a little while ago. Um, that there was like a responsibility for Big D. And I kind of feel like we trudged through the the non-wave times and kept ska going, kept the positive music going, kept the genre up there. And now that these new bands are here and the scene is in a you know, new place in a new wave, I, I can rest. <laughs> I, I did I did the quest. I did the Dungeons and Dragons quest. I brought the message to the castle and now you know what I mean? Like yeah. so I I feel like I can enjoy the scene in a in a much different way. Now I'm part of the older group. I'm, you know what I mean? Of 
No, so I really respect that. And, and, and it's always how I've kind of viewed you guys is, you know, in the trenches, getting it done, you know, relentlessly touring and, and, uh, and you know, with that DIY aesthetic and recording stuff yourselves and, and, and just r doing everything like that. Like it's, you know, a real proper kind of successful, but sort of di DIY band, which is, um, you know, it's that true to the punk aesthetic and true to true to it all, and and I I always respected that of you guys, and uh, and uh, and you did, you kept it going, and here you are, managed to come out the other side. It's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly it. We're on the other side, and it's it's just wild to be on the other side. Hell yeah! I almost feel like um. So the, my decision to make a Scar record, um, it came out of uh, being sober for a few years. And then being like, oh, that I've got all of these uh, people who, who I really respect as musicians and I really like Scar. I'm just going to give it another whirl. And um, I want to dispel any myths that it's because I saw Scar getting popular again. <laughs> it was just out of, it was by chance. No one should ever, the propaganda, uh, they're only in it for the bucks. It's yeah. like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real, man. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to be in. Um, I think you're going to be in Fort Lauderdale on the seventh of November, um, and uh, and then I believe the day after. I know the interrupters are going on on the cruise. Are you guys going on that cruise? Oh, we always get promised the cool cruises, but then yeah, yeah. The uh, the same thing happened to us. <laughs> same thing happened to us about five years ago with my uh, band, No Name Scar Band, down here. We got bumped at the last minute as well. It sucks. <laughs> but um, you're certainly much more worthy, though. So uh, you know, I don't know why they didn't let you guys on there. So uh, um, yeah. So um, well, that's cool. I'm coming to the gig. It'll be um, yeah. a blow. I think Hex is coming too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got tickets already. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. I think I'm still gonna try and use my uh, my I know a guy privilege. <laughs> <laughs> What's great about that show is I always make the joke too that. Big D's like the anthrax of ska. Like, you know, anthrax always opens up for bands. Do you know what I mean? We, we headline, we headline, you know, but I, I don't necessarily, I think I don't have as much fun headlining than I do opening up. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't necessarily want to throw a party, but I'll go to a party. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like, <laughs> when you headline, when you're done playing, sometimes everyone's gone. Do you know what I mean? So I like, this is going to be a lot of fun. And what I'm getting at is because, you know, when you're done playing, you get to sit back and watch bands play. So it's going to be really great. Yeah, totally. And I feel like the energy is different. You know, you're almost there to like, um, it, it, I guess it depends on which band you're, you're supporting because if, if everyone is sort of in it together, you know, there's not this, but I used to really enjoy back in the day going on, you know, second and at, or, or first or second and trying to blow everyone else off the stage, you know? Yeah, it, I would say that's always, that's, I don't think that's ever going to now leave my body because, you know, grew up on metal, grew up on grunge, there was like an attitude, right? And then when you have to be in a ska band during, you know, 2000 to, you know, decade after that and more, there is a, we're going to be heavier than the hardcore bands, we're going to play ska better than the trad people. It's, you know, like going on stage was always a, way do they get a load of us do you know what i mean it, oh yeah. yeah yeah that's so what I, we ran on in sonic boom six it was that you know that was the air we breathed man this yeah. and barney and layla was so like 
focused on that. It was like we would we'd get up there and we we're like, all right, how can we just how can we how can we get him? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that attitude, yeah. and that's why I think, and that's why I think I'm not as drawn to headlining shows because when you headline a show, basically everyone there is saying we already like what you're doing, and for me, that's more than I have to not have to, but you like I am now going to entertain everybody. Everybody's already in an agreement. And let's just have this perfect Disney thing. But I like going out there and being like, that guy hates us. And I, and I, and I'm going to get him into it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like not yeah. necessarily that's, I'm not that focused, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, there's, like- a, there's a certain expectation when you're a, when you're the headliner, like you said, you know, the, 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 you know, if you want to say the bulk of the people or the majority of the people there are, are there for the headlining act for per se. And, and so there's a certain expectation as the headliner that like, Oh, they're here to see me. I better deliver as opposed to, as opposed to you get out there, you do your thing and you have fun with it and they don't like you. They don't like you. And if they, and if they do, man, awesome. You won some new people over and that's an amazing feeling, you know? Yeah. I also feel like the hosting of the, the, there's a, that, if you're the headliner you're essentially hosting the event sure you know you got to make sure everyone's taken care of you can't be that kind of like in and out like a bank job type sort of you know <laughs> still it's a whole different thing and then then if you throw on top of it being the singer do you know what i mean i don't know that sucks <laughs> the singer in the headlining band of a show like you know i don't know it's it's too like sopranos you know you're <laughs> like that's don't be mean to that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much pressure. <laughs> That's funny. So I was curious. Um, in terms of your voice, like, uh, do you do anything to maintain it? Like, um, how, how's that? How, how does it? How you been doing voice wise? Because I play a lot, right? And um, I sing the majority of the songs in my band, and um, and you know, I've had, I've started, you know, doing warm ups and all, all this kind of thing, just because I've found as I've um. Well, I say as I've got older, but the truth is it was always this way. I think I just didn't care before. But um, uh, the yeah, but do you do anything to kind of take care of it? It's, it's so awesome that you're asking this question because so Big D because it's it's poignant right now in the band. Um, so because Big D doesn't play like 200 and something shows a year anymore, where your voice kind of just you know it stays the same. You know you're you're in normal life and then you just tr- you blast it out over a weekend or something so you're, you're traumatized you're traumatizing your voice right yeah and so i've lost my voice a couple of times on the few runs that we're going through and i do throat coat and i try not to talk because as some of you may know out there like it's the talking at the show that's even worse for your voice than yeah. sing or screaming and um and so you know i try to just religiously do the lajin throat coats and the tea and try to not talk but there's this thing about vocal warm-ups okay and i'm a little too old maybe to have this attitude but i have to explain it you know (laughs) i again was a metal grunge you know punk rock ska kid who you know was around like the theater people and the people who like to sing sing but i was a drummer and so i always heard those vocal warm-ups from theater people and they always were just kind of annoying because they're kind of annoying and so that you know so i put that in the back of my head and and in the music industry, I wanted to be a drummer. Like I'm a drummer through and through. So I look at music and I love it to death. Um, but I happen to be a singer. You know, it went that way. But what I'm getting at is with drums, when I went to Berkeley, drummers would be like, you don't know Neil, per- Neil Peart? You don't know this drummer? You don't, you don't religiously, you know, just 
learn. And I go, once they started saying that to me, I started going, okay, I'm going to intentionally never listen to all the things that they're saying because all the people who are saying that to me play the same. Yeah. So if I just plug into the same, th- I, I, it's the fear of being them or being a normal, like a normal yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with me, not, not ever wanting whatever other singers want. I don't know what other singers want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes singers go, yeah, but that feeling when you're, when they're all like cheering for you, like that is n- no, no. <laughs> it doesn't have to do with my character. You know, like I, you'll never really see me ever going, say, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Control people. I don't want to control the crowd. You know, like I don't want to tell them what to do. If they, if they, if they decide to dance away a certain way, or if they decide to, but I'm never going to tell them to do it. And that's a thing that I've always kind of struggled with in the punk hardcore, just certain genres that there's a lot of telling the crowd what to do. And it, I understand it's, it's good. It's shepherding. It's uh, entertainment. Some shy people need it. It's lovely, but it's not me. It's not anything I want to do. And so I don't do vocal warmups because I want to see what it's like for a wild human who doesn't even want to be a singer I want to know what that experience is. I don't yeah. want to know what they know. Because one more thing, some of the best musicians, quote unquote, you know, like technical, they get to this level where they've moved past the beauty and magic of music. And yeah. now they're in the science of music yeah. and they all have this jadedness. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I want to run from that. I want to be 17 years old, 14 years old in my head. N- I know how my throat works. I can feel it. I know what to do, but I just don't want to be like all those people. No, I totally get it. And and one of the things that um, has always drawn me to you as a band and also you specifically is um, that you are, you intellectually understand a lot of important things. And I think it comes through in the music. It's like you, you, you really viscerally understand that importance of originality because there's uh, and why that's and why that is an important thing and and why it's punk rock to to do that and 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 you know because that you listen to your vocals i was thinking about this with the stuff we were doing no one else would have done it like that you know and but i don't mean that in a, in a bad way at all i mean in like a great way it's you just have your own thing and and you know i think you just found your it sounds like you know you found your own thing just by less to do with like really consciously trying to make it your own thing and more to do with just not copying other people not doing what they do you know and and because i love music i fearfully try to stay away from becoming other people do you know what i mean yeah yeah too close you know what i mean but was i the only vocal person that sent you um tracks that were like what did i have the worst recording no, I thought you did a good job. The um, I, I've been getting some. Um, I've been getting all, all sorts of uh, weird stuff, and um, it's all good though because these days, like I've got quite a, I've got more plugins than I've had hot dinners. Like I can make anything sound good at this point. So, you did when I come in and I go patow, right? I see that it clipped. I saw that it clipped to the fullest clip. You know, yeah, in the way. yeah. I, I I barely um I barely uh touched the, the that specific song that you're talking about so when when i delve into it you know i i can i can sort all that out it's a it's like plosives and things like that they have a they have a plug-in for that these days okay. <laughs> yeah 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 
I got it. Can I can I talk about the tracks now, or should I? Yeah, wait? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I have played them so many times. <laughs> like I love them. I I because you know I don't do as a non you know traditional vocalist. It's not like I'm doing other you know things. You know, so to hear my voice in a different person's style is just such a treat. Like I love the 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 not just style but the the world that both songs bring you know they're yeah. both different um but when i heard that first one um can i say the titles or should i yeah yeah that? no I'm, I'm not hiding it from anybody yeah when i first heard deader than dead sometimes i get a little nervous or anxious uh with over excitement when a song is like really good because now it's up to you yeah like if it's really good you're like oh no i have to reach <laughs> the song when someone gives you a song that you're not it's not you know you're just not blowing your mind you're like well i'll help this song i'll help i'll help this song get better right yeah. you know what i mean but when i heard deader than dead i was like oh man oh man we we got to do a good job <laughs> <laughs> gotta bring it yeah the, i excited to be on it that's awesome you, you were like you know first one or two people i i thought of because one of the things that um we did years ago was um i did a remix of lax by you guys and and I had a really good experience doing that, and and I and because of it, I listened to your voice like twenty thousand times because I because I was mixing it, and um and I you know I always thought in the back of my head we might be able to do something later on the um the yeah the we also had a little bit of a crack at, at doing a theme tune for a uh, do you remember for, for a TV show, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I was a, a experienced enough of a producer to quite pull it off at that point. Yeah, well, those things, I've done those things now a couple times, and they basically, yeah, you kind of submit, and, and like, five people, and then you work your butt off for it, and then they choose one, and then off you go. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I've been, I do, uh, I do a little bit of that myself, and it, and it can be a bit soul-destroying, because, for exactly that reason, because you put all this effort into it, and you end up, like, thinking your submission is just the best thing ever and then they're like yeah no and then it's just it's so quickly over you know <laughs> and sometimes they don't even tell you if you got if you didn't get it yeah but i had this fun one once where it was like the show peking duckling and so you're already it's already funny you're already talking about like a duck yeah, you're already yeah. and um and uh i didn't get the theme song but i got the outro credits and the theme song like i, I forget the artist but it's like a super big, awesome artist. I, I just have terrible memory of things, but it's, 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 uh, I'll forget it later, but it's one of those, like, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. It's not like the violent femmes, of course, but it's like somebody that if you said their name, it'd be like, oh, well, geez. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. But then I hear his, you know, intro and you can't help but go, I like mine better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you love his band. He did do a great job. He got it, but you're like, and, and you're thinking about, you're stressing over Peking, man. You're, you're a duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's pretty damn funny. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, on the all the group text and everything, Hector's playing the bass on most of those tunes too. Just so you know, awesome songs. Yeah, yeah. Now he he uh, he, you know, he, I think it was about four of them or something. They started out with and uh, shot him over to me. He's like, hey, what do you think? You want to lay down some bass? I'm like, hell to the yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's on um education that's uh, that's not the name of it though um oh that one um Nina, the, that one's called Nina's, Nina's yard. yard that's the new one i, I thought um 
your vocals on that i mean obviously right after you told me that was your voice immediately i went oh, of course it is of course it is <laughs> i don't know if you remember but i was asking i was like who is singing on this i was like this is <laughs> i was like this is it's such a sweet spot and um i know you've been living in florida in the states for a while but i gotta say i mean if any u.s ska enthusiast is out there gotta keep up with the british bands that that is just a whole different i don't mind saying better approach to just your normality like your you, the scene some of the way people do triplets in the vocals just certain styles <laughs> that that multiple people can do just the u.s doesn't just uh, just doesn't do it it's funny you brought that up though because uh we were like we were talking earlier about the song he just let me hear before the podcast and uh, you know it's his latest one over and he's got a lot of those like like triplets and things in there in in uh i would yeah. wouldn't say with the chorus maybe is that what the yeah, part is yeah I, but it's, it's yeah it was just like i'm hearing it and i'm like i'm like and that's what I love about ska. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just sounded so good. Wait till you hear that one. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll send it over. The uh, I tell you what, there is a difference um, between the approach from the UK and the, the approach from the USA. The thing is, though, um, on balance, I, I have to kind of admit that you know the um, the sheer amount of music that comes out of the USA and ska, and also just the horns. We, we don't touch your horns by a million miles but it's and it, i think it's a big part of that is because we, we don't have like marching bands in schools oh good point so that i i think we're just not trained up like in the same way and so when you get a a uk scar band with with a really good horn section that is bad, honestly pretty rare but like you like usa scar bands with good horn sections there's a there's a bunch you know yeah, yeah no i hear that i just like the idea of any a horn player from the UK hearing you say that being like, come on, we're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a horn player in a ska band and I can admit it. So, you know, and from random hand, he's like, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. No, Robin's <laughs> amazing. Robin's yeah. truly amazing. And there's, there are, there's tons of good horn players. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think just, it, it's not that there aren't good individual ones. It's just the volume of awesomeness that comes from the U S yeah. marching band thing. I think that's exactly what it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's how a lot of us find each other. Yeah. No, that's it. Did you guys meet in college? Yeah, it was like the, right away. It was like right. It's kind of a funny story. So Mark, who was in the band, um, he played guitar at the time. We were just going to play Operation Ivy. He's, I saw he was wearing a ska pin. It was, it's like the most cliche thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, you like ska? You know, like literally that's like how it happened. <laughs> he was like way more well-versed. I was only at like operation ivy and the Boston's and a little bit of the specials only because that's all that was presented to me you sure. know what i mean like i didn't have friends doing and so so i was just i knew everything about those artists and then he was just like what about this what about this what about that so he said let's jam operation ivy songs like tomorrow and i was on drums and he's on guitar and like oh my god awesome i didn't know this was going to happen and that night, just for a quick story, I was looking through our dorm and our dorm was shaped like a donut. And so you could see across to the other windows. And I see this really big guy kind of beating up his roommate, literally just throwing him around. And then that morning I get in the elevator and it was it was that kid. And I go, hey, I saw you kind of beating up your roommate last night um, through a window. Like, what was that all about? And he goes, you wouldn't follow the rules. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I remember being like, don't hang out with this kid. Wow. Steve and Steve showed up. Mark had gotten Steve to play bass that night and he walked through the doors, to the bass player. And I went, Oh shit, <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> and he's been my best friend from like, for like, you know, 
since then. That's, that's fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, um, I think uh, I think we can call it a day there. But is there anything because we're going to put this on YouTube, but it's also going to be some like clips and stuff that we put on social media. Is there anything um, about the tour or in general that you want to kind of get out there? There, I guess there'd be just one thing that I'd like to get out there because <clears throat> Hector, you mentioned um, the the title of the record. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that is kind of like the most important thing, um, obviously for the record, but also just like in my brain right now. So it's like what that is is be- during lockdown and stuff. I talked to some friends you haven't talked to in a while, and a lot of my friends were who are really good artists. I just happened to be lucky enough to grown up in Alston, which is outside of Boston. All the artists live there. Had to be a painter, and Matt Hooker, a painter, and my you know all these different amazing photographers yada 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 a lot of them guitar players were saying i I think i'm gonna you know stop doing painting stop doing my art um i'm gonna get a you know a jobby job and i'd be like why yeah but say the same thing well i just you know i just wasn't good enough and that if the i wasn't good enough that just like kills me because i thought we were all in the same place these days where we knew that the connected the rich and the fortunate they get it first. Do you know what I mean? And it's just the way it is. And those people aren't doing anything wrong. The rich, the fortunate, and the connected, they're not doing anything wrong, but it's just the reality that they're going to, you know, get it first or be the only ones who get it. But these amazing artists shouldn't think they're not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and art is a superpower. Like my, my wife can illustrate, like she can draw you exactly as, as you are with a pencil. And I didn't even know she could do that until years later. I was like, oh, you can do this? Um, and it's like, you can't, like like superheroes, that's your mutant power. You know what I mean? And so just because like, you know, Batman was filthy rich, right? Um, Superman was born into it. Do you know what I mean? But we still need Havoc and Rogue and Wolverine and Deadpool. Maybe you guys don't save as many people, but the world still needs you. Do you know what I mean? So if any artist is out there, just keep, keep doing it. Don't be the person who gives up. Um, you know, it's a, it's a class war to do your dream. And so just keep doing it. And I know I'm being long winded and no. don't worry about being big or famous. Cause I'll let you know, I hang out with some of those people who are the headline and guess what? Nobody seems very happy. Uh, <laughs> don't, they don't seem that sane and gr- it doesn't seem like being the best is very healthy um, anyway. So don't even shoot for it. And lastly, um, you know, think about it like hamburgers. Like McDonald's sells the most hamburgers. But in my opinion, I wouldn't say that a McDonald's hamburger is the best hamburger out there. Some people with small shops, food trucks, and maybe you make a better hamburger than the person who sells the most hamburgers. You know what I mean? So just artists continue being artists, please. Yeah. That is exactly (laughs) it, man. That that's pretty much the message behind the podcast that we do. And it's something that I believe wholeheartedly. And it was something that I came to, um, you know, a few years ago now. um, And that gave me a lot of peace. You know, it's just, just do it doesn't just the difference between being a, a musician and not being a musician is whether you are doing it or yeah, not. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you like, uh, you know, 
meeting you is is amazing um you know talking to you is awesome uh you know doing this podcast with ben and and, and talking to people like you is amazing but the message you just gave me um or you know gave us in general actually just spoke to me so directly and ben knows you know yeah. I, i'm actually besides a musician i'm an artist um yeah. i do uh i do like the 3d street art and stuff um oh. i am my worst critic I am always in my own head. I probably block myself from opportunities just because I get anxiety over it. And and I almost I just did a trip to uh, Colombia where I was an invited international artist to do a piece. Um, you know, out at this big festival and everything. Um, I almost pretended I was sick and didn't go because I had so much anxiety. And Ben was the one who was like. Get out of your own head. Go do it. You don't have to be the best. Just enjoy it and do your thing. And that's exactly what you just said. And uh, honestly, I just felt like you were talking to me directly. Ben wasn't even in the room. It was just a tunnel. <laughs> and you were just talking to me, man. So I appreciate that. That was actually an amazing message. <laughs> hey, man. how it's tragic and funny how, I guess tragedy is humor, but how simple the message is we all hear, but it's blocked. You know, for me, the, what yeah. unblocked it once, if I could do one quick one, what unblocked it for me, like, other than never wanting, I've never wanted to be in a big band. I just wanted to be in a band. Sure. You know, write music. Um, was I was driving down this dirt road where I was from and there's this like gazebo that like people used to use, you, you imagine, in like the long time ago, but nobody, nobody uses this teeny little gazebo near this lake. But I drove by it and it was like, full of fanfare and like decorations and I could tell music was coming from it. So I had to pull the car over and go, what is going on? I've lived here. This is, this is really weird. So I walked over and what it was, was an old folks home that was having an outing and everyone was just to the nines. Like it was like, like a twilight zone, amazing going through into a different dimension. But the best part about it was the band were the people too, the people who stay at the old folks home. And it was like this woman drummer, like a grandma drummer, grandma singer, and the, the you know guys, grandpas playing, and they were so good, like talent wise. Like the drummer was just so good, and the singer was so good. And it was that moment that I went, "Oh, you don't have to stop." Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. You don't, man. You don't have to stop. And 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 it drives me nuts. I feel like it's something that gets kind of. <sighs> It's something that gets imprinted into us. Maybe it's our parents. Maybe it's just social thing. That that there's this idea that that's for the young. And I think that, and I think the reason might be because, um, you know, uh, it was said to them, and yeah. they've given up a lot of what they wanted to do to to kind of pursue this other avenue, this other life. And so they kind of uh, they they just end up passing it on. But it's like programmed in us to think that it is and. Uh, and well, I mean, at the end of the day, what is, it is. life? What is life? We're just here doing doing stuff for some reason. So you can do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. No, it is, man. It is. I mean, I get it from my mom. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I guess if we're on the tip, I'll, uh, let me promote an artist. Uh, I have a good friend named King Margaret, if you look for her. And what she does is she does miniature stuff, and she does these amazing um, paintings on matchboxes. Yeah. But so diminutive and small. That I don't know. I just figured if we're talking about artists, give her a little yeah. shout. Well, what was that name again? Margaret. Awesome. I'll look that yeah. up. Yeah, I wanted to kind of check my phone just to make sure if it's not like you know if I'm not doing it a thousand percent right. But it's <laughs> yeah, there's little matchbox things and it's and for anybody out there who doesn't, I'm sure people listening do have art friends. You know, support them like you were support. You you were giving him the pet talk to to not be in your head. You know, like try to 
listen to your friends demos and try to like you know buy your friends canvases for their birthday you know and and keep it going you know or the fortunate and rich people will just get it all they'll even get art yeah exactly exactly um well man it's it's been a pleasure and um yeah. stay on the line real quick after this um but i just want to say yeah you're coming down to fort lauderdale on november 7th playing with the interrupters and the slackers which are two of my favorite bands you guys one of my favorite bands so i'm just gonna have a blast that yeah, night i can't yeah. wait we're gonna show up and um maybe you know i was thinking something we might even be able to for those songs if I bring a little camera, we might even be able to sing some of it stood next to each other and put it in one of the videos we're making. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It. Awesome. All right. Wicked, man. Thanks so much, Dave. You're a uh, you're an intelligent and uh, thoughtful man and uh, and you're an absolute scar warrior. I've been doing this <laughs> do, doing this for, for doing this for a long time and doing it well. So it's all yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah, and, thank you. All right, take it easy. Cheers.